Grace and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, my name is Dan Gregg. I'm the pastor here at the Lutheran Church of the Holy Spirit. And first things first, I wanted to say that I am so sorry, Nancy. I'm so sorry, Linda. I'm so sorry, Bob, that you have lost your mother. And I extend those condolences to those that have lost grandma and those that have lost great-grandma. But want to hear something amazing? You share something with your mom. You share something with your grandma. You share something with your great-grandma that no one can take from you. And that is that you have been baptized into Jesus Christ. And today, among many things, I want to celebrate that victorious work that Jesus Christ has done in the life of Betty and has done in the life of y'all. The first time that I met Betty, she asked me in the receiving line about my sermon. And she did this as she was hugging me. And the thing is, I hear a lot of people talking about how Betty liked to hug, but no one's going to talk about how she liked to kiss you on the cheek while she hugged you? No one's going to talk about that? That's what always stuck out to me. And man, am I glad that um, I was, she was able to share that same kind of love with my own son, who was born in June, and my wife. And what I really just appreciated that when I first met her, she, she wanted to introduce herself, she wanted to hug me, she wanted to make me feel comfortable but she was listening, you know? What better way to, to love your pastor than to listen to his sermon and ask him about it? And she talked about how, you know, she'd been here for each pastor, right? And she did like a, like with hand motions, right? She did like a little going through each one. And she said, well, this one, this, the, the, one of the, the pastors, the sermon would go like this. One of them, the, it would just kind of be around. and it, it was really cool to hear a Christian express with hand motions, with hugging, with kisses, with words, how she met Jesus through the people that God gives to us to be Jesus to his people, to be their shepherds. And man, what a joy to talk with someone about the Bible. To talk to someone about how much they love Jesus. About how their relationship with Jesus had changed over the years. Ever drawing Betty closer. This was someone that I identified with. Even though I had been here for, I don't know, a month. I felt like I had instantly known this person. Because we shared the same love for Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to share with you today. Betty Walser, your mom, your grandma, your great-grandma, maybe your friend. She, was, she is a woman that loves Jesus. She loves his word. She loves his teaching. She just loves being with him, sitting at his feet and hearing. And she's with him right now. Betty was made a child of God 
on March 27, 1927. She was baptized in 1927, probably in something that looked a lot like that. And in her baptism, she was clothed with the purity and robe of Christ's righteousness, shown by this, um, this, uh, this white cloth. But that's also where she became a child of God. And that's also where she became Jesus' little sister. That day, they became best friends. She never let him go. I've chosen all of these readings because they're ones that Betty liked and told me that she liked. And our first one, or our, sorry, our epistle comes from John's first epistle or letter, chapter 3. It was written by John, the same guy who wrote the Gospel of John, probably a lot of yours' favorite, sometime long after Jesus had died, risen again, and ascended into heaven. And in our reading, he describes the way that God loves us. He says, Beloved, we are God's children now by baptism. Isn't that cool? You see, he's trying to create unity. And then he says, and what we will be has not yet appeared. That's in the future. What we will be, that's in the future. But we know that when Jesus appears again, when he returns for the last time, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. Well, that may sound mysterious, John is simply describing the Christian life. You're made God's child in baptism. You spend your whole life going to be with Jesus where he promises to be in his words, in his words of promise attached to water, and in his words of the promise of the forgiveness of sins attached to bread and wine, body and blood. That's where Jesus promises to be. Jesus does not promise to be out there, unfortunately. He doesn't promise to be out there. He doesn't promise to be on TV. He doesn't promise to be anywhere. But his words, his word joined to water, and his word joined to bread and wine. And these are gifts, gifts for you, his little brothers and his sisters. The Apostle John also gave us his great gospel. It describes the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but he wrote it so that you would hear it. He even says that. He kind of looks at the camera, so to speak, towards the end. And he says, I wrote this so that you would hear it and fall in love with Jesus Christ. The same way that Betty has. He says, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that means new life now and the hope of eternal life with him, body and soul together. When John writes, we know that when Jesus appears, we will be like him. He's talking about something that's often neglected, especially in 20th century Christianity. 
He's talking about one of Jesus Christ's most amazing promises. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And he will raise you up on the last day. When Jesus returns for the last time, we Christians will be like him. That's his promise. Because he will raise all people from the dead and he will glorify all those who believe in him. Body and soul rejoined together. Perfection. Just like he made it and called it good. But this time, no more aches, no more pains, no more aging. We will be like him instead. Glorious. Mary Magdalene was one of Jesus' followers. She literally cared for Jesus in ways that people don't often think about. She, along with other women named in the Gospels, would launder Jesus' clothes, find food for him, find places for him to stay in each town. She loved Jesus in a very unique way. She cared for him. And we heard today about how Betty cared for her husband, cared for her father, cared for her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren, even a dog. And I experienced that care. I'll never forget going in, and uh, you were even there. I remember going in to see her, right? Because I would go at least once a month, and I'd go see her if she could not come to church. And um, speaking of which, a striking memory is seeing her ski photo with Richard. I I just always think of that when I think of her. But I go in to see her, and we're sitting there talking. You're going to go see a movie or something like that. And we were talking, talking, talking. We did the usual thing that I do on a visit. Uh, But then she goes, well, pastor, tell me about yourself. What do you like to do? How are you feeling? Have you acclimated to the area? And do you remember how, like, stunned I was? Like, I, I was at a loss for words. I didn't know what to say. Because no one had ever asked me that. And that's all I could say. I, I, said, I said, Betty, no one has ever asked me how I'm doing. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't, you know, what do I like to do for fun? I'll have to think about that. <laughs> you know? Um, and I just, and I don't, like, it may seem strange to you that these things are here. They're not there. They're not here. Whatever. Um, you know, when I would give her communion, she would be there. Sometimes she'd be there. Sometimes she'd be here. And I, it, it's one of those things, it's a very unique relationship where I got to give her Christ's gifts, his body and his blood, for the forgiveness of her sins. And just the way that she received it with thanksgiving received me into her home, obviously loved me and cared for who I was, cared about my son, cared about my wife. God bless her. And this care is the care that Mary Magdalene showed to Jesus Christ. And Betty and I would talk about that. She loved this reading. 
she identified with Mary. And she, she cared for Jesus. She wanted to hear his word and receive it. And she learned so much from her pastors. She learned so much from Jerry Russell, who was a Bible teacher here for so long. She loved his word. She loved Jesus. And she is experiencing the fullness of that now, the fullness of Christ's love. For he promises to draw all his sheep to himself into his arms. And that's where she is. When, when Jesus was killed, this was obviously devastating for Mary Magdalene, yeah? And, of course, for the other women. But they helped Jesus in one final way. They helped to prepare his body and then lay it in the tomb. And so when Sunday morning came after that, boy, was she surprised when she went early in the morning and he wasn't there. Just like he said. He promised her, right? He promised her, your sins are forgiven. He promised her, your old way is gone. Your new way is here. She promised her, I will die, but I'll rise again in three days. And so he did. He was a man who made good on his promises. She missed Jesus. But he wasn't in the tomb. He is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. And he's risen now. He's risen and ascended. But Jesus called Mary by name. And her first impulse was to hug Jesus. And let me tell you, if if Betty has one impulse when she got up there, it was to hug Jesus. It changed how I read this scripture. I don't know. I, you know, I, I will miss her hugs for the time being. I know I'll have them again one day. But in her baptism, Jesus called Betty by name right here. Called her by name. He drew her to himself. He drew Betty to himself with his words, his preaching, his teaching, his body, his blood at this altar, in this place. Jesus gives us easy to predict, simple ways to find his love. He loves with his words. He loves with his words attached to water, and he loves with his words attached to body or bread and wine. Betty was drawn to Jesus because Jesus called her by name here. Betty came looking for Jesus in this church, and Jesus never disappointed her. Myself, all who are Christian, we look forward to that last day when we will be raised from the dead because Jesus promised us, and we will see Betty again, not as spirit beings, but with body and soul together, with eyes, with a mouth, with arms, to hug. Know this, Jesus is alive. And sometimes it surprises us. Maybe we've heard of him, maybe we grew up with him, but we've grown apart. Who knows? 
Know this, and this is what Mary's job was right at the end of the reading. He said, go tell everyone I'm alive, just like I said I would be. Jesus is alive. He is risen. And because he is risen, you will too. And that's the promise made here at that baptismal font. You died with Christ and you will rise again. Jesus is alive and he's waiting in churches just like this one to call you by name. To give you comfort of his very self. To give you himself. To draw you to himself. Betty loved it. Betty received it, and Betty would love to share it with you. And so, in Jesus' name and for his sake, we say, amen.